Okay, we're going to look at um, Psalm 84 this evening. Um, it'll come up on the screen. If you've got your Bibles, it'd be great to, to keep your finger in, in that passage. We're also going to be looking at um, some other passages this evening. Um, Psalm 84. And when Gideon um, learns new things, um, he gets very excited. Um, and it's amazing to see, actually, little children and what they learn. Even when he's eating the same thing over and over again, when dinner's ready, he'll come into the kitchen. Probably every child's not like this, I don't know. But you know, he'll come into the kitchen, look at, look at the food and go, oh, wow. And it's, it's, it's nice, actually, when you've been slaving for um, a while cooking dinner. But it really makes me think of, do we come to passages or come to anything in our Christian life like a child like that? Are we in our relationship with God, like in, a, in awe and amazement of him? Do we come with childlike faith, childlike faith in our, in our worship, in our praise, in, our, in the everyday parts of our lives, in the, the mundane, boring parts of our lives? I'm sure some things in our lives are just normality, but praising God in everything that we do. Jonathan Edwards kept a journal throughout his life, and one day he, he wrote this. Once in divine contemplation and prayer, I had a view that for me was extraordinary. Of the glory of the Son of God as mediator between God and man. And his wonderful, great, full, pure and sweet grace and love. And meek and gentle condensation. Con- yeah, condensation. Con- not condensation. <laughs> Condescension. The person of Christ appeared ineffably excellent, with an excellency great enough to swallow up all thought and conception, which continued as near as I can judge about an hour, which kept me the greater part of the time in floods of tears and weeping aloud. I felt an uh, ardency of the soul to be what I know not otherwise how to express, emptied and and annihilated." To lie in the dust and to be full of Christ alone. To love him with holy and pure love. To trust in him. To live upon him. To serve and follow him. And to be perfectly sanctified and made pure with a divine and heavenly purity. Now that is quite something to read, isn't it? Of how he experienced God. So what is our experience of God in our lives? Do we long to be in the presence of God? We've sung that about, about that this evening, to be in your presence, to sit at your feet, not rushing away. Do we long to be in the presence of God in our everyday lives, in our prayer life, in the lives of, that we spend with each other? Do we long to be in, in God's house as we are this evening? Now we're going to look at um, Psalm 84, and I'll read that, read that now. Psalm 84, also on the screen. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home and a swallow a nest for herself, where she may have her young. A place near your altar Lord Almighty, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever 
praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Bacca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appear before God in Zion. Hear my prayer, Lord Almighty. Listen to me, God of Jacob. Look, at, look on our shield, O God. Look with favour on your anointed one. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favour and honour. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you again for your word. We thank you that we can open it again um, on this platform and we can have it in this church that we can, we can look at, we can read and we can try and understand. We pray, Lord, as we come under your words this morning, that this evening, um, that you will uh, speak to each one of us, speak to our hearts. And I, again, I pray that you'll give me the words to say that is from you and not of myself. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, of all the Psalms, 11 are attributed to the sons of Korah. These Psalms express a great gratitude and humility to the awesome, mighty God. They express a longing for God and deep devotion. Other Psalms, Psalm 42, contains this line, As the deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you. Oh God, another song uh, that we sing. Again, this psalm that we've, we're looking at this evening. How lovely is your dwelling place, O oh God. Psalm 46 conveys a really powerful message. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. So the message tonight, not very long, um, so I won't be keeping you too long. Um, but want to look at three parts really on the theme, theme of, of, of the sanctuary of God. Again, going on that first verse, how lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. But look, talking about a place of security. So three brief points. A sanctuary for a praising people, a sanctuary for a prosperous people, and a sanctuary for a blessed people. So the first point, a sanctuary for a, a praising people. The passage tonight starts, how lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Such powerful words to read. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. So are we excited to be in God's presence? Are we excited to be with him? Are we excited to be in the sanctuary in Great Park's Chapel this evening? to meet with our living saviour. Again, what we've remembered, remembered this evening. The passage goes on, verses 3 and 4. Even the sparrow has found a home and a swallow a nest for herself, where she may have her young, a place near your altar, Lord Almighty, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house, 
they are ever praising you. So the people that wrote this psalm, they had a fire within them. They had a fire that caused them to desire an atmosphere of praise and, and comparing this to the, to the joy a swallow has for creating their home, a nest, a place of security where they can bring up their young. So do we long to be in the sanctuary of God? Do we long to be in the sanctuary of God? A place where we can be secure in his presence. Let's look at a passage t- together uh, to keep your finger in, in that um, Psalm 84. And we'll look at Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, starting at verse 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to, the, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and, every, and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who, ha, who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad, sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Now, the early church is such a great example of hearts longing for God. We see that they are hungry to learn about God. They're eager to be together in fellowship, to pray and to praise God. So the key really to this is our soul needs to be longing for God. Our soul needs to be longing for God. Longing for God in our, in our everyday lives as we come to here, here on a Sunday. Do we long for God? The soul needs to be longing for God. So the second point is a sanctuary for a prosperous people. So looking at verses 9 to 11 in this passage in in Psalm 84. Verses 9 to 11. Look on our shield, O God. Look with favour on your anointed one. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favour and honour. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts in you. So the Lord bestows favour and honour. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. Again, what's the key? The soul needs to be longing for God. Psalm 15 says a very similar thing. It says, Lord, who may dwell in your sacred tent? Who may live on your holy mountain? The one whose walk is blameless, who does what is righteous, who speaks the truth from their heart. So, The common theme in these verses is that word blameless. From those whose walk is blameless, 
the one whose walk is blameless. So even under the law of Moses, it was possible to please God perfectly. Luke 1 tells us this. In, in the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Both, both of them were upright in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commandments and regulations blamelessly. Observing all the Lord's commandments and regulations blamelessly. So Zechariah and Elizabeth were under the law of Moses. They kept the law perfectly. They themselves, but, but, but although they themselves were not as perfect as Christ Jesus is. So what does God require of us? Again, a really well-known passage in, in Micah. He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to be justly, to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God? Again, coming back to our souls, our souls needing a longing for God. It's about our hearts being right with him. It's about our hearts being right with him, right in our motivations, in our thoughts, in the things we, we do for him. So how do we do this? We need to get into prayer. We need to earnestly pray to God to have that Christian have that relationship with, with God through Christ Jesus. We need to get into God's word. We need to learn about, learn about God, observe his laws, be challenged in the way we follow, follow him and be changed to be like Christ. Not just to read his word, but to act upon it. And to be together as well. To support each other, to encourage one another, to help each other in our, work, in our walk with Christ, which we know isn't easy. Now Deuteronomy um, chapter 11 talks about love and obedience to God and starts with, starts with this. It says, love the Lord your God and keep his requirements, his decrees, his laws and his, and his commands always. Now again, I'd like to, to look at this passage um, this evening. Um, so if you've got your Bibles in front of you, keep your uh, finger in, in Psalm 84. We're going to look at Deuteronomy chapter 11. So Deuteronomy chapter 11, starting at, at verse 18. Some of this talks about how we um, instruct our children, but it's also a challenge for us. It says this, fix, your, fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Teach them to your children, talking about them as you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates so that your days and the days of your children may be many in the land the Lord swore to give to your ancestors, as many as the days are that, that, in, that, are in, that the heavens are above the earth. So this is talking about writing God's word everywhere we can, we, we can see it. So it's that constant reminder of God's faithfulness, of God's graciousness. Is that a word? Um, you know, of how God 
you know, of what God, God has done for each one of us. It's that constant reminder on our doorposts, everywhere we can see it. It's that constant reminder and how we need to obey God. So is your walk blameless? Is, is the things that you do for God blameless? Are the things you do for, for God blameless? Are the things you do in your life blameless? How is your walk with God? So what steps tonight do you need to do to, to refocus your walk with him? So when you get home tonight or maybe before you leave, maybe there is something that's on your minds that you're not doing right before God. Write them down as a goal this week. Write them down to help you to have your foundation on Christ Jesus. Maybe it's praying more. Maybe it's spending time in God's word. Maybe it's not watching that program that you've always watched or listen to that comedian that you've always watched. It's something that we need to do to reassess our lives and our walk with him. Our heart needs to be longing for God. The third point um, this evening, so we've looked at uh, a sanctuary for a, I can't remember, (laughs) a sanctuary for a praising people. We've looked at a sanctuary for a prosperous people. And the third one is a sanctuary for a, a blessed people. So a sanctuary for a blessed people. We are blessed in so many ways and so much we do take for granted. Maybe the busyness of life, the, the things that take over. That we do get up on a Monday morning or a Thursday morning and get on with the normal things of life. Um, and forget or not acknowledge of how we are blessed by God. But many things we do take for granted. So three blessings in this chapter. The first one is a the blessing of dwelling in God's house. Verse four. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. So we are blessed when we enter into God's presence because we feel his love, his peace, his mercy, his joy, his comfort, and satisfaction on earth that nothing else can satisfy or give. So we feel all this, and it's impossible not to praise him, as this passage again says. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. So we are blessed in so many ways, and that is expressed in our praise for him. The second one, we are We are blessed by drawing on God's strength. Verses 5 to 7. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. When I was um, sort of looking at this passage, preparing for this passage, 
Um, I came across this com- commentary, um, and I'm going to read it word for word because it really is encouraging, and I, I couldn't do it any more justice than the person that wrote this. But it says this, When we dwell in his word and take refuge under his wings, he gives us his unfathomable, unfathomable strength. True strength only comes from God, and we obtain it when we take time apart to be with him. This links with the second clause in the sentence, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. We get that strength when we chase after God and nothing else. When we, when we surrender and give him our all. All our fears, anxieties and efforts to him, knowing he's the only one not even us, who can control it. So we must be set apart to fully dwell in God's presence and truly make him the God of our lives. I was really encouraged by that, and I wanted to read it word for word because it is encouraging to read. So we need to be set apart and fully dwell in God's presence and truly make him, truly make him the God of of our lives. So the third um, blessing is depending on God's provision. Verse 12, Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts in you. So we need to come to God with full obedience. Early in the, early in the passage, we looked at um, Deuteronomy chapter 11, um, and the passage goes on to say this. It says, See, I am setting before you today a blessing and a curse. The blessing if you obey the commands of the Lord your God that I am giving you today. The curse if you disobey the commands of the Lord your God and turn from that way that I command you today by following other gods which you have not known. So living as a believer is a matter of living in yielded obedience to the living God. The Israelites had a choice to make, and so do we. This choice still stands today. To be with God and have favor with God, or to be without him and be cursed. If you want your spiritual life to be strong and and fruitful, there is one thing that is necessary, to know the word of God and to respond to it. We need our lives in yielded obedience to him. Living as a believer is a matter of living in yielded obedience to the living God. So what is the Christian life based on? It's based on Christ and his example. His example to each one of us. Jesus was obedient to death, even death on a cross. He gave his life to save each one of us. In Deuteronomy 10, it says this, And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God ask of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to observe the Lord's commands and decrees that I am giving you today for your own good. That's an interesting bit at the end, isn't it? For your own good. So who knows what our own good is? Only the Lord Almighty. 
He knows what's good for us, even if it's painful for us or something that we don't want to do or try and get out of. But it's about that obedience to Christ and that Christ is the only one that knows what is our own good. Hebrews 10 um, includes a call for perseverance. And sometimes that is the Christian life, isn't it? It's about us persevering in the strength of Christ. Um, And this version says an interesting word, actually. It says um, in Hebrews chapter 10, let us hold resolutely. Uh, I did have to look that up. Um, Resolutely. And it says this. It says in an admirable, I can't even say that, in an admirably purposeful, determined, and unwavering manner. I won't repeat that. <laughs> um, but an unwavering manner. Let us hold resolutely to the hope we confess. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on to love and good deeds. Let us not neglect meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But let us encourage one another, and all the more, as you see the day approaching. I just, thought, I just want to finish on, on, that, on that passage this evening, how we may spur one another on. Let us not give up meeting together as we see the day approaching. But let us hold resolutely to the hope we confess, for he who promised is faithful. Let's pray.